Halt, dear viewers. The Dub Talk podcast contains foul language and reprehensible humor that may be offensive to younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Also, be wary, dear traveler, of vile spoilers that may appear if thou art adventuring into a series that you have not yet completed. Also, be on the lookout for swindling, two-timing thieves. I sense their presence nearby, particularly those of the Canadian librarian type. Nevertheless, tally forth. Anyways, enjoy. And welcome to Dub Talk, the podcast where otakus who are way too obsessed with fantasy get together and discuss their thoughts on a recent English dub announcement or review the dub of a series that was recently released on DVD and Blu-ray. I'm Stephanie, and I'm joined tonight, as always, by our resident master of manliness, Hardy. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm sorry, did you call my name? I was too busy rocking out to the background music. (laughs) I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Um, also joining us tonight is Dub Talk's own resident internet troll king, the ever-wonderful Sneebs. Forsooth, fair madam, it is I, Sneebs von Trollington, the dashing rogue who shall head forth into the realms of podcasting and lead you to this fantasy realm of the anime, Rage of Bahamut Genesis. It's only a model. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Okay. <laughs> tonight, as... Sneeb so graciously announced for us. Um, we're going to be entering the fantasy realm as we discuss another recent release from Funimation, one that at the time of recording this episode is currently now out on DVD at the same time as the first half of Garly Animation, actually. It came out at the same the same week. Uh, the three of us are going to be covering the dub announcement for Rage of Bahamut Genesis. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Bahamut, it is based on a popular mobile trading card game, actually. Uh, with a story described as thus, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this, Damn World, Mistarsia, is a magical world where humans, gods, and demons mingle together. In the past, the black and silver-winged Bahamut has threatened to destroy the land, but humans, gods, and demons overcame their differences to fight together and sealed its power. The key to that seal was split in two, one half given to the gods and the other to demons so that they would never be united and Bahamut never released. Now, 2,000 years later, the world is in an era of peace, until the day a woman steals the god's half of the key. The hunt begins to find the thief and maintain the seal while others conspire to find the key so as to release the fearsome Bahamut. Now, as always, we will be going through Funimation's press release and discussing our personal predictions, opinions on the casting, and impressions on at least the first three episodes of the dub because I know Sneeves is already almost done with the show, again. Uh, right. <laughs> I am one but, who go- ventures forth into the re- strange law of the world and inures himself in it, for I am an archivist who seeks the truth and records it for posterity. <laughs> Indeed, sir. Alright, now, are we ready to dive? I 20 on that diplomacy check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of D&D humor here. I'm sorry, I cannot change the nature of a man. It's, it's gonna go way over my head, but that's okay. We'll go. It's with fine, it. Sne- It's fine, Sneeps, because if you're gonna go D and D, I'm gonna go Final Fantasy. Oh, oh Lord. Lord. 
Yes. I mean, I'm just saying, if they're having such trouble with Bahamut, they should just get Cloud Strife to come out and use Omni Slash version 2.0 on it. That solve all the problems. <laughs> and then it's just a cutscene damage spell after that. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Oh, Nomura, you little troll. <laughs> anyway, are we ready to dive right in? Indeed. Of course. My adventuring kit right. is packed. Sunny Force. All right. Let's go. We're going to start off with, of course, the ADR director and the scriptwriter. Uh, I, I know I had predictions for these. I actually got the writer correct. I realized this when I was putting this little outline of mine together earlier today. Um, does anyone else have potential predictions for director and the scriptwriter of the show? Girl, you know I don't. I never do. Why do you even ask me? Because it's Why? always worth a shot. <laughs> I never know with you. I never know with you. Goodness Harvey gracious. is my disciple in the path of the Troll King. Truly, he <laughs> too knows these. Yeah, that's going to get tiresome fast. But no, I know I had no major predictions. This seemed like one of those pieces that uh, would be handled competently, but they wouldn't be dumping their masterwork people on it. So I would just leave it to chance and hope for the best. Fair point. Uh, my predictions for director, because I'm going to hold up on right for two seconds. I had two. I had Christopher Bevins, and I also had Zach Bolton. Because, uh, honestly, I feel like this is something that both of them could have worked with rather well, could have been up their alley. Though, I obviously am completely wrong, and I have also been wrong in the past, a.k.a. Garo where I thought more than likely it was going to be Zach Bolton and it turned out to be Caitlin Glass directing, so God mm. knows who... It's like, I don't even know anymore. Um, and this is also the case here with the ADR director. Because the ADR director of Rage of Bahamut is actually Sunny Straight with the script... Uh. Hold on, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Um, with the script writer being my prediction... Uh, Mr. Jared Hedges. Um, in terms of other things that these two individuals have done, I'm an idiot. I forgot to pull up in and stuff. One sec. <laughs> Technical difficulties, dumb. everyone. Nope, more like Steph is a dum dum. That's okay. Uh, we are all fools, but we grow wiser. So, Darker Than so Black 70. TV series, Full Metal Alchemist TV scripts. Psychopaths, the movie, and the TV, and Psychopaths 2. Okay. Jared had his yep. He, he, to be fair, Psychopaths 2 was not his fault. That's just bad material. That was Yeah, Psychopaths psycho 2, that is not... <laughs> that's just... Yeah. Um, but... Uh, that Jared Hedges is mostly well-known for a lot of sci-fi stuff, really. Um, very few weird outlier ones because he's also the writer for uh, Diamond Dollar. <laughs> um, and Negima oh boy. TV. Mm. Negima. He's wait, 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 wait. Are we talking about Negima or Negima? Oh, good lord. It seems Negima. Um, all... no, no question mark. Oh, it's mark, Negima. No, no question mark. Okay. Okay. That's the, uh, <laughs> that's the one that is not based off the manga specifically. And hence so. it wasn't complete and utter tripe. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And it's like all Ken Akamatsu stuff in most cases. <laughs> and then he's also done scripts for Michiko and Hotchin, uh, Dark and the Black, a couple scripts for Panty and Stalking with Garter Belt, and of course, as Sneeves has mentioned, a lot of Psychopaths, Full Metal Alchemist. 
Yada yada yada. Sunny Street. Oh boy. Um, Sunny Street in terms of his directing work. He was actually an assistant ADR director for the original Fulmana Alchemist. Uh, he was also the ADR director for a variety of Lupin the Third movies, but more recently, you may have seen his directing work on series such as Maria the Virgin Witch, Mikagura yeah. School Suite, and uh. Prison School. Uh. I love your guttural response, Hardy. Truly, you have rolled a character with low intelligence, but high charisma. <laughs> yes, I'm the ogre of the chat, anyways. <laughs> oh, Lord. No. So, if, if, if Sneeves is the charming troll king, then I'm the brutish ogre who just goes. Forsooth, our adventuring party is ready. Uh, no, that's. Uh, it's an interest. I, I haven't seen many of these dubs. I heard bits of Maria and liked what I heard. But hearing Hardy's answers, at least from the sound, it doesn't sound like it, he's a total thrill ride. Yeah, it's kind. It's a little understandable, all things considered, um, in terms will, of Sonny's in terms of Sonny's recent directing work. Anyways, I would say his directing style is hit or miss at mm. best. Okay. Yeah. Because Maria the Virgin Witch started out shaky and got better, but that's apparently because somebody else took over directing reins for him uh, halfway through, and. Um, Mikagura School Suite was a complete lamentable mess, if you ask me. Uh, but that has more to do with the it being horribly miscast, which is another issue with Sonny's direction, is that I don't know if he has anything really to do with the casting, but when Sonny is directing something, you can always tell that it's him because the casting is always odd. Like, certain actors... And in a way, I can appreciate that, because nobody's typecast, but at the same time, a lot of times, it comes across as miscast. You know, there's a very, very fine line to, to walk between that. And, and I think um, when we get to a specific character, we're going to have a... I don't know if... Um, I think we all had... A lot of us had concerns when we at least heard that this individual was taking on this role. Right. Um, but we'll get to that in a bit. Um, otherwise, how do we feel about the directing and writing for this show? Mm. This is one of Sonny's stronger efforts, I'd have to say. I would I've definitely have to say that. Yeah, yeah I, I'd say that um, I was I, I did not like Macarthur's School Suite at all. Um, Maria got better. Prison School, it was funny. Um, Prison but, School uh, was fine. Um, but then again, we're not even going to bring up the script-writing debacle. Um, yeah. But I think in terms of Bahamut and Maria as well, actually, um, the, I would say the reason why those dubs ended up be doing rather well um, are the scriptwriters behind them, uh, with Patrick Seitz being the scriptwriter for Maria and Jared Hedges being the scriptwriter here. And um, Jared Hedges is actually a pretty good writer. He's a strong writer for what little he's done. So that's kind of, and that's kind of why I also put him here. Cause I felt like, cause he's done a decent amount of sci-fi stuff and the tone is similar. Um, so I kind of felt it could translate here for him and his yeah. writing. Since this is a more fantastic world rather than more sci-fi. But I still felt it could translate well and work well. And it's, as of three episodes, it definitely works pretty well, to be honest. 
they made a good decision of dragging him out of the um, the gimp closet. Oh god! <laughs> yes, they the did. Gimp closet? I won't oh, yeah. a long story. Long story. And not um, one for public radio. <laughs> At least not now, but there's an old episode that kind of explains it. It's what, the gangsta episode, I think? This I, one time in band camp. <laughs> I am very grateful I am not sober at this hour. Yeah. And then we started drinking tequila. <laughs> and, that, and, and that's how I met your mother. Oh, Lord. Ah. Uh, that's a, that's a, I love that one-liner, Hardy. Just want to say straight up. Well played. Well played. <laughs> Thank you very much, good sir. I had a good teacher. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, yeah, I have to say this is one of, as far as the writing is fine, mm -hmm. this is one of the better directing jobs that I've heard from Sonny as of late. Mm -hmm. um, I It's been years since I've watched his Lupin uh, direct, his Lupin films, so I can't really comment on those, whether they're good or not. But, right. um, but yeah, I, th I think he did actually did a pretty good job. He's hit or miss. And I think this is more of a hit than a miss. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, because Maria, that was his first directing job in a long time. Like, I don't even know the last time. I never even knew he directed anything until when I was looking up um, stuff for Maria. And I saw he did do some Lupin films, and he was the assistant for a couple things like Fullmetal Alchemist. I didn't even know he had some kind of directing credit um but yeah it must have been a long time since he since he directed something like between his last project and then maria so i we'll think just have to, i think it's i think it's been kind of slow going for him kind of getting back into the swing of it a bit and what will go ahead i'm sorry I <laughs> it's okay and i think that um i think that bahamut is the str it, like you said is the strongest Directed direction I've seen as of now, though to be fair, I haven't seen Mac the dub for Macabre School Suite and probably won't <laughs> mm. anytime soon. Uh, but yeah, this is probably the strongest I've seen him directing wise yet. Comic timing was very very key on it. There was that. This is a fantasy, but it isn't so self serious that it where it has those smart ass Pirates of the Caribbean ish one liners where characters will just go, ah, oh, geez, really, or. Oh man, at least I'm. I thought you're supposed to have respect for the dead. I'm a zombie. Stop be talking down to me. There's this yeah. banter that really works that they just it works, deliver. Yeah, yeah I, it's funny that you mentioned Pirates of the Caribbean. When this show was first airing back in 2014, um, that was one of the comments. It's basically Pirates of the Caribbean, the, uh, the anime, is a lot of people were saying. His father is basically. Uh, he's Jack Sparrow crossed with Ronald McDonald in appearance. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. No, it, it's it odd that you say it. He's it's odd. He is that yeah. uh, you know, Favaro is the chaotic neutral rogue or chaotic good rogue who's or chaotic neutral rogue meaning chaotic good. He's in that area where it's like I'm a total card, but secretly I have a heart inside me and I want to do good, just don't know how. And then his best buddy is the ex opposite, where I am straight laced and rules based, and suddenly I realize that maybe that isn't the best way to live one's life, and I should focus on doing good for good's sake. Yes. Take so it's kind it, of it, hey, it, 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 it. Go ahead. If if Sneeves gets to go D and D, then I get to go Final Fantasy. Um, Favaro, Favaro is basically Zidane, only with a chip on his shoulder, and and um, Kaiser is more like uh, 
he's more like um, Steiner, both from Final Fantasy IX, if I had to say. Mm. I was say, Favreau and Kaiser kind of remind me of um, Mugen and Jean from Samurai Shampoo to an extent. <laughs> I can see that too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes that, that, that's such a good analogy there. I, I personally saw, at least for the roles they fill in the story, they've got the Fafford and the Grey Mouser thing going on. Uh, mm -hmm. fr old Fritz Lieber stuff. I, uh, uh, Favaro is the uh, is the plucky, cunning rogue, and Kaiser is the bold and courageous swordsman. And together, they when they learn to buddy up and become sort of in their own silly adolescent way, become heroic. It's that's when it really shines. And yeah, with that good blue oni, red oni archetype, it plays well. Yeah, sort of like and, yin and yang almost. Yeah, yeah. And definitely a lot of the banter, not just between Favreau and Kaiser, a lot of the banter between characters really works well. Um, again, writing-wise, very wonderful. Um, so I think the consensus is this is probably the strongest directing that we've seen from Sunny straight as of recently. And the script is it's fine. It works. <laughs> we have no, uh, no issues as of right now. Uh, I'm thinking... To, they need they need to drag uh, Jared Hedges out of the closet more often. I know, right? Right. They do. Okay. So moving on, um, we're gonna we're gonna be jumping around in the press release a bit. Uh, we're gonna be pairing a lot of people off. But first, we have a uh, three-person uh, set here. Two of which are on the press release. One is not. We have Azazel, Cerberus, and Mikhail. Uh, it's Michael. Azaz Michael, excuse me. She was uh, saying uh, it in the original Hebrew. Gosh, what the flip. What kind of a cultist <laughs> are you, did, sir? <laughs> um, Azazel and Cerberus, they are two demons. Well, Azazel, we find out extremely early on when we first meet him. He's actually a fallen angel. And uh, Michael is one of the angels. Uh, and he converses a lot with Jean the Ark. Uh, quite a bit. So, I only had predictions for the main four, so I didn't have anything else from here on out, <laughs> except for the main four. <laughs> I don't know if anyone I had, had predictions. I had predictions for Azazel and Cerberus. Cerberus I got right. Oh, okay. Um, and um, let's see here. I also I also made predictions for Cerberus's little dogs too. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, my. The, um, Oh my, indeed. They were going to be Monica Rial and Josh Greeley. <laughs> very, very, that... very fitting. And now that I mentioned them, you have to put little pictures down there, too. I do! <laughs> I have Male dog to. and female dog. But it was wrong. But uh, I did not have a prediction for Michael. I did have a prediction for Azazel. And well, uh, my prediction be? was Vic Mignogna. Oh, because interesting he's a choice. Slimy little evil character. Because he usually plays a lot of evil characters when he works for funny these days. Yeah. And, uh, if you know, Garo the animation is any indication. Yeah. And, and you know, seeing his whole religious backgrounds, I kind of like to see him play the king of the demons. So, mm. you know, be interesting little thing. And, and he does kind of look like a Vic Mignogna type role when you look at him. And Pretty boy. Kind of found out. When I found out who they cast, I was kind of taken aback. I'm like, really? Yeah, I was taken aback on it, too. Because, um, uh, may as well get to it. Uh, Michael! Michael, one of our wonderful angels. He is being voiced by Micah Solosod. 
Uh, Cerberus. Hardy, you got Cerberus correct. Who is voicing Cerberus? That would be Leah Clark. Okay. And Oz and Ozazeal. The very odd choice is fuck you, Detective Man himself, Mr. <laughs> Kent Williams. By the way, since you brought up Vic Mignogna as your prediction, Vic Mignogna is in the dub of Rage of Bahamut. He is the voice of Beelzebub. FYI. Oh, um, which was a very mm-hmm. weird fix. You would have thought someone deeper and manlier for that, but no, instead we got him. Yeah. And Steve, just as like a quick overview, because you saw past episode three of the dub, yes. um, and uh, so obviously you've heard Beelzebub. What would you say of your impression of Vic Mignogna's performance of that, just real quick? Azazel? Uh, oh, you mean Beelzebub there? Beelzebub. Yeah, I was. Beelzebub was the red demon, correct? Yes, yeah. I remember. It's been a while. It was, I was, I thought it was quite good. It was very baritone-y. I, I know that, um... Baritone-y? I'm looking it up now <laughs> just so I can confirm, and, uh, yeah, less, I found it harder to predict, to be honest. I thought with the big angry red dude there, it would have been someone else. It didn't sound very Minyana-y, so pleasantly it's, surprised. Yeah, it's funny. I would think, if anything, Vic and Kent would have been swapped. I with think, Vic um, as Azazel and then Kent as Beelzebub, but... Mm-hmm. Actually, I was talking funny. talking the matter over, because Jet has already watched the entire show all the way through. Yep. And Jet was thinking that, because Christopher Sabat's in this show, too, and he, he was thinking mm-hmm. that, that Chris Sabat's character, character is more of a Vic Mignogna type, and Vic's character is more of a Chris Sabat type. And his impression was they both out... Sabat out mignogna Mignogna, and Mignogna out Sabated Sabat, if that makes any sense at all. Really? <laughs> yes, yes, it was... Oh my uh, god! It was an unusual decision, but their Martinet was... Hooey! Their Martinet was, um, Tim Curry-esque, as in, <laughs> how do you do I oh receive my. my favorite candy? But yeah, I was, I half expected to hear sweet transvestite bust out of the character. <laughs> it was, Okay, um, okay, now I have to finish watching this dub, just to hear okay. all of this. Anyway... Okay. And just as as Sneeps was saying, Martinette, the character he's mentioned, is played by Chris Sabat. Yes. And and this is why I want to go back to Sonny Strait as a director. I don't know if he has anything to do with casting, but his you can never say that his casting is boring because he puts actors in roles that you would not expect them to. And you know, I was if you listen back to the Dimension W episode where I kind of went off on Sabat being the safe role and it's going to come back up again in another episode that i'm actually not going to be in but it is regarding another character that he's cast in um he is he's he's getting typecast as these sorts of characters way too often and so i do find it rather refreshing when he gets to play characters outside of his typecasting yep and so yeah i if i would love to hear chris chris sabbat as tim curry that sounds amazing (laughs) Um, it was it was a thing that I was very, very pleased to do. <laughs> okay. I, um, yeah, I could, I could taste the delicious, delicious gay ham. That was, it was, it was just flamboyant and scenery chewing, and 
utterly, <laughs> utterly what you would need for a demon like Mark, like that guy. Wow. And <laughs> and this is why I now have to go finish watching the dub. Um, but anyway, um, it's a cool you, series. Watch you, it. You, yeah, I know. I've seen it already. I need to watch the rest. I'm of taking it to but, Hardy um, too. Watch it. Yeah. Okay. But um. I, I kind of do think that Sunny has some leeway in terms of casting. When we get to Favreau, um, yeah. I've heard an interesting story about that one. But anyway, going back to Ken yeah. Williams, Leah Clark, and Micah Solosad. Uh, Micah Solosad, who's voicing Michael, you have heard him in a variety of roles. Uh, most notably, Soul from Soul Eater, of course. Uh, as well as Asano from Assassination Classroom. He's Little Asano. Uh, little Asano. Uh, the son of the principal. He is also in Birdie the Mighty Decode. He's in Brothers Conflict. He is the lead for Codebreaker. He is also the lead for Odeka 7 AO, as well as a character from the Empire of Corpses film, uh, which if we ever get to, that'll be interesting. Uh, Guilty Crown, he is Guy Susugami. He is also Jonah from Yeoman Gun. He's Mizuki from Kamisama Kiss. He is one of the leads from Level E. Uh, he's also Yukine from Noragami. He is Smile from Ping Pong. And lest well. we not, lest we not forget, he's Mika's bitch. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's Yuichiro in Seraph of the End, um, and also B in State in Space Dandy. Um, Leah Clark, Leah Clark, you have heard her in roles such as once again Assassination Classroom. She is also in Baka and Test. She is in Bamboo Blade, Black Blood Brothers. She has roles in the Index and Railgun franchise. She is in Defrag. She is in Darker Than Black, Deadman Wonderland. Uh, she's Mayu from Death Parade. She is the lead Saki Momori uh, in Eden of the East. She is also in Fairy Tale and Fairy Tale Zero as Mavis Vermillion. She is in Future Diary. She is also in. Oh lord! I this episode's probably never gonna happen. I'm gonna be the Twin Tails. <laughs> She's in oh, that joy. one. Um, she is also let's see. She is also in Noragami as well. She is in One Piece. It's funny. Micah Solosad plays teenage Kobe in One Piece. Leah Clark was the initial voice of Kobe in the Funimation dub of One Piece. Fun fact. Um, Yay. She is also in Ride Back. Rosario plus Vampire, Seki Ray, Sergeant Frog, yada yada yada. She goes in. Can't... She goes in deep and far. She is a widespread, deep, yeah. well-ranged lady. Yes, and let's not for... forget one of her defining roles was, of course, School Rumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for Mr. Kent Williams, you might have heard him in Bacano, Baca and Tess, Black Cat, First Angel, Corpse Princess, Darker Than Black. Dead Man Wonderland's OVA episode. Uh, he is also in a lot of Dragon Ball Z, uh, Eureka 7 AO, the Evangelion films. Uh, let's see. One of his more well known roles is probably Hattori Soma from Fruits Basket. He is also in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, let's see. We also have the Heroic Legend of Arslan as Carlon for something more recent. He is also, of course, Fuck You Detective Man from Death Parade, as mentioned before. Uh, he is the Owl Man uh, from Lupin the Third Oom called Fujiko Mine. He is the narrator for Ninja Slayer from Animation. He's also uh, the narrator slash ogre from Yu Yu Hakusho. That is correct. He is also in Phantom Requiem for a Phantom. He is also in Shakugan Oshana franchise. 
Uh, let's see. Soul Eater as Sid. Oh, Lord. <laughs> That's the he's, kind of man he was. Yep. Uh, he's also in the Trigun film Badlands, Rumble, Tower of Duraga, Witchblade, uh, and a variety of other a things. A whole bunch of other stuff. So, for these three individuals, how do we feel about the performances? I was rather impressed with Kent Williams' Azazel. It was not what I was expecting. I, I can agree with that completely. Uh, again, I would have thought that he would be Beelzebub and Vic would be Azazel. <laughs> uh, that, that was really weird. Um, and I know episode 3, in the case of Azazel and Cerberus, that's the first time we meet them and you don't get to hear much from them. Um, I did get to hear a little bit more of um, Kent Williams' Azazel, because of course Funimation will put clips online um, to promote the show, and that w that was that clip was my first time hearing it. I'm like, that's Kent Williams? He's voicing this character? <laughs> I was genuinely surprised, but I think as uh, for me, I do I rather enjoy it. And Leah Clark, it works. Yeah, I have no issues. Evil Hellspawn, who's going to torment you now? <laughs> There's yes, not basically. a whole. Sorry, but that was kind of the role of the character. Small, small niche bit who is playful, taunting, and dangerously puppy-like. In the I want to play with you and torture you. Not not a whole complex range, but you don't need it for the brief time she's there. Yeah. Whenever you need a uh, a demonic hell spawn wearing pigtails and a bikini, you can always go with Leah Clark. <laughs> can I sign that How? up for my next birthday party? Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't oh wish to flirt God. with you, Leah, because I don't know you personally, but <laughs> call me. <laughs> <laughs> oh God damn it. Okay. I'm sorry, that was very that was terrible. I I'm sorry, I don't actually know you. Oh, it, it, yes. it, it was great, but don't worry. Worse things have been said and done on this damn podcast. Uh, need, I mean, I remind you, need I remind you of Leah's most favorite, famous line from Dead Man Wonderland? From the charming role of Hum Hummingbird. Yes. Why don't we go jack off into a bottle of formaldehyde and call it our firstborn? That dub sounds just special. I have not seen the dub of Dead Man Wonderland. I've seen the show, but not the dub. It, uh, it is a all, spectacle to behold. I was going to say, from say. all the things I've heard, that dub is just special. <laughs> it really no, is. That, that's, it's trash that knows it's trash and gleefully rides it way, all the way down to hell. Which, yes. is why I'm a, which is why I am an unabashed fan of the High School of the Dead dub. Thank you, Stephen Foster. <laughs> oh, God damn it. I never thought I'd be hearing those words, but okay. <laughs> um, and as for Micah's Michael, oh, Lord, that's going to be He's a, a goody two-shoes. He's a goody two-shoes. Yeah, but he's also another one I didn't quite expect to take on this particular role. I, I expected mean, it. I mean, it, I've heard him do this type of role before, you know, the really stuck-up, really... Justice for all sort of goody two shoes type. He's done this before. I, I can't really recall in other roles, but yeah, it fits for him. I think I think that's my issue because I haven't heard something like this from him, um, whether it was recently or ever before. Like Micah, from what I know of him, 
tends to be rather snarky, can be devious, thanks to Asano from Assassination Classroom, or just like innocent little goober uh, with problems, aka Yukine from Noragami. So, the, Michael is definitely a different take um, for him. Mm. And it was a little out of place at first, but I kind of grew into it a little bit more um, as I was watching the first two episodes. I found that the character sounded a little bit more boyish than I than I would have anticipated. I, I think I think that was my issue. I think yeah. that was my issue. It I was done intentionally because you know he's supposed to be innocent and free of sin. So. That, that, right. that although you still could have done that with more of a deeper voice. Um, uh, basically, the mature older brother Bishy archetype. If we're going to go with this, uh, Jay Hickman has played roles like this in the past. Mm. Mm-hmm. That sort of uh, soft-spoken and delicate, but also having maturity as well. It didn't Jay Hickman, quite... the original founder of the drunk Harrison Ford voice. Oh, <laughs> goddammit! Before there was Marcus Stimmick, there was... Oh, Jay lord. Anyway. <laughs> so Jay Hickman was always sort of... He was more breathless. He wasn't quite three sheets to the wind. <laughs> he was just... He had imbibed the, quite a bit of wine and maybe smoked a butt or two. <laughs> you're going to make Uncle Marcus so sad that you're not doing an impersonation of him today. That's well, gonna be can, Uncle Marcus could just deal with it. <laughs> I'd happily go for some drinks and smoke a butt with you, Jake Hitman, Jay Hickman, if you agreed to that morally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's God. Canada. It's legal here. <laughs> Anyways, oh, moving Canada. on. Yes. Um, I think the consensus here is mildly surprised for some of the casting, but it's some kind, it kind of works, actually. Yeah, everything um, works pretty well from what it is. You know, it's it's not... It is our atypical casting, but it's it's pleasant. It is a pleasant surprise. It, yeah. I mean, again, just like you said, Hardy, Sunny has a way of, like, kind of mixing things up a bit. I would um, it's, it's worked in the sort of way of... Uh, we've listened to a lot of dubs, and so we know the same cast of folks over and over again. This is something where it made me feel like I was listening to something new for the first time in a very long while. I, yeah. The series overall had this feel of novelty. I was even uh, blathering about that on Twitter earlier. It's like that time when you were a kid and you turned on the TV and you saw Escaflone or something among your after-school shows. Yep. And it really twigged that sort of a nerve for me. Absolutely. Which, Escafloia, the new dub for that, the Funimation's working on, that'll be interesting to talk about when we get to it, eventually, down the line. Um, but, moving on! Several, several months from here. Yeah, when we actually hear something from the dub. Because as of right now, we have a cast, but we don't know what it sounds like. And expect a lot of recalling back to this episode when it comes time, but that's enough for that. Mm-hmm. That's another story for another day. Anyway, moving on. Bacchus and Hamsa. Um, Bacchus is some sort of drunk god. So speaking of drunk Uncle uh, Marcus or drunk Uncle Harrison Ford, or drunk in general, uh, <laughs> we have Bacchus and we have Hamsa, um, who is, is... Who's a duck. Who's a duck. <laughs> a talking duck. <laughs> Whatever. He's delicious. <laughs> anyway, um, again, I didn't have predictions. I only had predictions for the main four. Did anyone have predictions for Bacchus and Hamsa? I did. 
What do you have for me, sir? Uh, for Bacchus, I had Drunk Uncle Sabbat. <laughs> or actually, that's that's Drunk Grandpa Sabbat, more like. Okay, mm. yeah, because Bacchus is kind of older. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for Hamza, I could think of no one better than Sunny Straight. That would have been perfect. Yes. <laughs> and considering he is the director, that would have worked. Um, Sneeps, did you have any predictions or any thoughts on who you think would have been Bacchus and Hamza? I made no formal predictions, although I would have. I don't believe he works with Funimation anymore. I would have thought it would have been awesome to have Bo Billingsley in that. So Jet Black really? go, going, hey there, how about that? <laughs> that I'm drunk here, Favaro, now come along now and give me your bounties. <laughs> Don't be a bastard, Favaro. Man's got to keep your drink somehow. Puffball head. <laughs> yeah, I, I would totally see that. Hamsa, uh, I want to find any, anyone who could just do a cartoony voice. I thought you could easily cast one of the younger actors or less experienced actors in that role and use it to give them some credit and build up that. The character has those funny moments that but a lot of the humor is more physical in the show than necessarily the character's delivery. So you could have any guy with training wheels or gal with training wheels go through that and see what happened. Dude, you, you know who what, what L.A. actor would be awesome as Hamza? Who? Steve Bloom. God! <laughs> I am applauding right now, Hardy. Congratulations! Yes! That that there's a nat twenty. Have a hero point, Hardy. You. Let, let's let's drag Guillemon from Digimon Terrors. No, Come over he's voiced, here. He's voiced ducks before. I think he was Yaki Doodle on uh on uh what was it? Harvey Birdman. No way. <laughs> he could do the he could do the Donald Duck voice. Actually. Oh my god, that would have been awesome. Anyway. <laughs> Brilliant, um, the, anyway, the individuals who are voicing these characters, Hamza, Sneebs, you were kind of on the right track in terms of a training wheels individual, um, because we have Kyle Phillips, mm. um, voicing Hamza. Now, Kyle Phillips, just so you know, um, we don't exactly talk about his voice work all that much, because the majority of his repertoire, or his credits really, are more background characters. Mm -hmm. um, but you've heard us talking about him more recently as a director. Mm. Yes, um, and dubs that have sucked, basically. Because <laughs> he's the director for Dogashi Kashi, Dance with Devils, uh, an ultimate otaku teacher. Uh, oh, he's the Dance with Devil guy, nice. Yep, yes. he, that's that one. Um, but for roles that he's been in, he's in Assassination Classroom. He's also had small roles in Dogashi Kashi, uh, Dark and Them Black, Gemini of the Meteor, Dem and Wonderland. Uh, fairy Tale, uh, Gar of the Animation, uh, Ghost in the Shell, the new movie. Uh, he is also in Jeyusei, Kamisama Kiss. Uh, he is Arata Samejima from Princess Stride Alternative. I need to watch the dub again. Uh, he's also had background in small roles for Romeo X Juliet, Snow White with the Red Hair. Um, he's one of the past. I know who he is now! Um, and Snow White, you know those two palace guards, Hardy? Yeah. He's the blonde one between the two. Wait a second, I think I... I need, I need to verify something. Hold on one second. Okay. Um, as for... Oh. What? I'm thinking, is... Is he the guy from Fairy Tale who's like, That's so cool! 
I wouldn't know. No, um, like, Hardy, that was the kid I tutored, tutored as a reading buddy in high school. <laughs> he's now grown okay. up to uh, become a fully functional member of society, despite being an art retired. I'm quite oh, proud okay. of him. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, okay. Some some of the roles he had in Fairytale. He was a captive in episode 33, a cultist, um, at a lowest soldier, an exceed, a fairy tale wizard in various episodes, uh, the character of Jason. He's one of Jalal's soldiers, Magnolia citizen, and a picnic person? Those, that's just the listing. Um, anyway. And then we have Bacchus, who is voiced by Brian Mathis. Um, not Brian Massey. In case you think I mispronounced it, Brian Mathis. Um, you've heard him actually in a variety of things. You've probably heard him in AM Driver, uh, Background Rules, in The Boy and the Beast, uh, let's see, Cat Planet Cuties, Devil's a Part-Timer, Fairy Tale again. He is Mamoru from Ghost in the Shell Arise, actually. Uh, he is in Hero Tales. He is in Last Exile, Fam the Silver Wings. He is Kunumi. From Noragami Arigoto. Uh, he's. Oh god, he's Monkey D. Garp from One Piece. Oh <laughs> lord. That's why I might have heard that voice before. He's also in Strange Strategic Armored Infantry as Ben. And he's also. He's also present Iruyama from Tokyo ESP. As well as a variety of small roles. Now, how do we feel about Brian Mathis and Kyle Phillips in these two roles? Uh. Just eh? I, th yeah, I, mean, I thought Mathis worked particularly well. You needed the drunk, boisterous smart arse who's there to be the Morgan Freeman figure who dispenses wisdom but also does the drunken comedy without being obnoxious. He nailed it pretty well. Hamsa was Hamsa. I haven't got to the final episodes yet where he really becomes a more instrumental player than the rest of it. But uh, I had nothing to complain about. He was there and I didn't hate him. Well, I did, I, he, yeah, he was. They were both there, and I didn't hate them. I think. I think they probably. My predictions probably would have worked better, to be honest. Um, you know, with the uh, drunk Sabbath and crazy uh, straight. So, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it works, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I definitely yeah. think it works because now that, like, in in Kyle Phillips's case, now that I'm. Now that I'm starting to learn more about his voice work, rather than directing, um, I would say he, he was definitely... Uh, he was kind of fun as Hamsa. Um, it's a little rough going in for three episodes, uh, but I'm hoping it gets better if I were to continue the dub. Um, and Brian Mathis, I think it works. It worked for Bacchus, and he pulled off the role, as of right now, pretty well, in my opinion. Um, but anyway, uh, do we think we're ready to move on to our final pairing before our main four? Uh, I, I guess so, really. There's not really a lot to say about Bacchus and Hamsa. Yeah, one's a drunk, the other's a duck. Yes. Or goose, um, or whatever he is. He's a bird. The two. A bird. He's a talking bird. He's a bird. Anyway. He's dinner. That's what he is. <laughs> he, to Amira, to Amira, he's dinner. <laughs> um, so the final pair before we reach our main four, we have Jean d'Arc and Lavalli. Uh, Jean d'Arc, of course, Joan of Arc. This universe is Joan of Arc. Um, Lavalli is a soldier 
uh, who works under Jean. Uh, but he I also. Was, I probably would have known Lavalle or Lavalle, depending on who wants to be. Pretentious. Who wants to pronounce it? Yes. Um, but because I have seen the show at least, um, he is connected to Amira in some way. But predictions for Jean d'Arc and Lavalle. What do we have? Because I got nothing. I, I got uh, nothing. For, for Jean d'Arc, I actually had two predictions. Okay. In, in, in one way, I could have seen Colleen Clinkenbeard doing the role. Mm -hmm. But my main prediction was Alexis Tipton. Okay. Because I've seen her voice characters with similar facial structures. Right. Who are very strong and, you know, uh, commanding sort of female roles. Um, which is different from what Alexis usually does, but I have seen her in those roles before, and she usually does really well. Right. But she's able to be more commanding and, you know, you know, not be, oh, da, 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 whatever. Um, kind of going on the similar vein. Um, if I were to, like, just out of the blue pick someone, I could actually also see Caitlin Glass taking on Jean d'Arc. That's another one that I thought about, is it could be Caitlin. Like if I, yeah, if I were to pick someone now, I could definitely see Caitlyn taking on the role. But anyway, um, Lavalle, yeah. what do you have? This is where I put Kent Williams, actually. Okay. Is, as Lavalle. Yeah, that's where I had him, and because um, he's played a lot of those types of uh, those types of roles in the past, the sort of second man, slightly older than the the headstrong female leader, and sort of you know second in command type of deal, mentor almost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If it were me, I could possibly see Sabbath pulling it off. I might Maybe. also, I might also be able to see possibly um, Robert McCollum. Mm. I might be able to see it. Maybe um, Sneebs. Do you oh, have yes, any indeed. thoughts? I have passed my intelligence check and could declare my action for the turn. Um, <laughs> for for the um, for the character of Jean d'Arc, I would. Dreamcasting Colleen Clinkenbeard, that mm -hmm. uh, mature, commanding female presence that has that air of sophistication, but uh, peppered with a worldliness. I would have uh, just say, basically do a little bit of Holo the Wise Wolf in there and uh, keep it a little bit more serious, and you'd be able to nail that very well. And as for my one for Mr. Lavalle, Lavalle, however we would pronounce it. What's I would nuts? put the Jameson Kent Price. Ooh! Because I could definitely see that. I'm having Gunkutsuo flashbacks ten years later, and I'm still talking Ooh. about it. Because he has that politeness and that... Um, of that sophisticated, um, commanding presence that can hide that edge beneath that. There is some stuff where he has to, you know, get a little bit more militant later in the series. Spoilers! Mm -hmm. But he's very, very good at that sort of role. I think you could really work with it there. Now that, that would have been a good choice. That would have yeah. been really good, yeah. But now that you mentioned militant, I could actually see Mark Stoddard being in the role as well. Ooh, good point. Good point. Mark, Star yeah. Mark Stoddard would have been a good choice there. Um, but yes? I just need to look up Mark Stoddard. I can't remember what he's been in. Uh, let's a see lot here. of what? stuff. <laughs> a lot of stuff, yeah. No need to list it all now. I'll look it up for my own sake. But um, He has a very military-type voice. Yeah. 
if it's like something recent, if you've seen Blood Blockade Battlefront, he is Abrams. Mm. He's the vampire hunter Abrams. I know that. He is also in Gangsta. Uh, forget the name of the character he is. Sneeps, have you seen Have you seen Witchblade, the anime? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Have you seen uh, Basilisk? I'm going to say I'm a pleb. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty plebby of you, actually. <laughs> Dude, anyway, I just want to know. Okay, I still have enough integrity left. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, the two individuals. Yes. The two individuals. Anyway, releasing or not, carry on. Yes. Um, the two individuals who are voicing these characters, Lavali. Or Lavalli. However, the hell you pronounce his damn name. Um, Tyson Reinhardt. Mm -hmm. And as for Jean d'Arc, we have Jade Saxton. Uh, mm. Tyson Reinhardt. Oh, Lord, we haven't talked about Tyson in a good while, actually. You might remember him as the guy who completely ruined the prison school dub and jacked my, for my Funimation forums up bad. So thanks, Tyson. Really appreciate it. <laughs> you, Yay! I do believe Hardy the Barbarian is entering a rage. Shall I prepare my expeditious escape spell? Yes. I would see him driven before you and hear the lamentations of the women. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, uh, for other roles you might have heard Tyson in. Uh, you probably have seen him in absolute duo as Tatsu. But I haven't, so fuck that. Um, he's also he's a, he's also Hifumi Yamada in the Funimation dub for Daigon Rampa the animation. He is also in Edega Seven AO. He is also has small roles in things such as Dead Man Wonderland, Fuma Alchemist Brotherhood, Gar the animation, uh, High School DxD, in, in Steinsgate. That is correct. He is Daru. He is Ota from Ping Pong the animation. He is also in The Rolling Girls, uh, as well as small roles in Tokyo Ghoul, uh, Trigun Badlands, Rumble, Shakugan Roshana, etc, etc. As for Jade Saxton, of course, you've heard us talking about her rather frequently. Uh, she has been, as Hardy refers to uh, quite frequently now, the essentially the new Jeremy Lee. Pretty um, much, in yeah. Texas, yes. Uh, and you've heard her in a variety of roles, including Bacchano, Bloodsea, The Last Dark, uh, The Index, and uh, The Index and Railgun franchises, uh, Defrag, Data Live, Dragon R Academy, and Dragon Seven AO, Fairy Tale as Carla, uh, Freezing Gangsta, Garo, the animation as uh, Zimia, Zimina, uh, which we talked about a while, not too long ago. Uh, she's also in the Heroic Legend of Arslan as Alpha Reed. She's also Nona from Death Parade. Uh, she is in Kamisama Kiss, which, by the way, Hardy, your predictions for the Bears when you said Josh and Monica, I got, I kind of giggled a little bit. Um, because I would have thought it would have been hilarious if the Bears were Josh and Jade. <laughs> because <laughs> in Kamisama Yeah, because in Kamisama Kiss, um, these two are voice Onikiri and Kotetsu, I think it is. Uh, yeah, so, the two familiars. Yep, the two familiars. So that would have been funny. Uh, she's also in Log Horizon. She's Hachin from Michiko and Hachin. She's in Noreen. She is in uh, Nobunagan. 
uh, The Rolling Girls, Shangri-La, Shonin Sample, uh, Show by Rock, Sky Wizards Academy, Salida Not, Steins Gate as Ferris, uh, Strike Witches, uh, Terror in Residence as Lisa, Tokyo Ravens, Ultimate Otaku Teacher, Wolf Children as the older version of Yuki, and she's also in Yorikuma Arashi. Now, how do we feel about these two performances? It's nice to hear Jade being a commanding role for once. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, she's not really the one... I personally would have preferred a different actress, but she's okay, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I will say it's nice to see her playing a demanding, commanding, uh, mm -hmm. headstrong female character for, for once. For which she's done before. Yeah. I, mean, but, um, I mean, yeah, she's kind of done similar characters. Like, Nona from Death Parade is fairly similar. Right. Uh, I well, Nona was wise beyond her years. She had mm -hmm. sort of this very small stature to her, where she was very doll-like, but right. still, and, and she, that's that's the Nona's whole thing was she was wise beyond her years. Um, right. I don't know if Jade's voice really fits John, to be perfectly honest. It's another I mean, one that's kind of an odd place. Yeah. Yeah, I think she does fine. I probably would have cast someone else, but you know, for what it is, she's okay. She does yeah. grow into it in later in later developments, and I'll leave it at that. There's some. She has a little bit more range and a little bit more need, and it pulls it well. Yeah, considering um, Jean's story arc throughout the course of this series, I am curious to know how Jade is going to play some of those moments that she goes through. I will say it, I'm curious. But yeah, I'm also in agreement um, with at least these first three episodes. It's a little bit of an odd choice. I also personally probably would have cast someone else. I mean, again, if I were to pick someone right off the bat, I would say Caitlin Glass. Like, that'd be my pick. Mm. But um, for what it is, I think it works. It's going to take some time if I were to finish the dub for me to kind of adjust to it, and I would also hope that she grows into it. Um, like you said, Sneeps. As for... Excuse me, Tyson Reinhardt. That's another odd choice, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I really couldn't even tell it was him at first because he, he usually has, sort of has this gruff voice to him, and uh, and normally I'm able to pull him out or or put set. I can't. I'm sorry, I can't brain anymore. I has the dumb. <laughs> Quickly, we must cast lesser restoration before his intelligence stat is drained by this computer. Oh, Yes, my brain is rotting. No, I can usually pick him apart out of a dub. This time, I really couldn't recognize him. I don't know if it's because I don't know if it's full range yet or or what, but uh, it's sort of different, and I mean, it's okay. I don't have any major problems with it, and it didn't offend me, so um, I probably would have seen someone more along the lines of Kent Williams or Mark Stoddard or, or Jameson Price would have been amazing, but he doesn't. Jameson really Price would have been fun. He wouldn't. He doesn't do any work for Funimation. But I mean, you know, it's it's okay. I think it's all right. Yeah, I just I'm in my I'm dream not... class for in dreams. <laughs> are there no desires which are unfulfilled? Yes. <laughs> um, it's because I, stuff dreams are made of. Yes, I actually, I actually had the opposite of, of you, Hardy. I actually managed to pick him up really easily. I managed to pick out Tyson rather quickly and rather easily because, I mean, I've heard those twinges of Daru from Steinsgate, so I was like, oh, there's Tyson. That's a really odd choice. 
again, odd choice. Sonny and his casting methods. It's really weird. Um, and it, but it's actually kind of refreshing uh, to also see Tyson in a different role. Um, that is true, yeah. Because we're going back to Daru from Steins Gate and also Hifumi from Daigon Rampa. He tends to be rather chubby nerd kind of characters, normally. So, this is something completely different, and I can appreciate the risk that it, that Sunny is going with here. Um, and I also, and this is another one I also kind of hope that Tyson really grows into it uh, as the show goes on, because I can see the potential there. It's just an odd choice to me. Because he's got some spoilers coming up near the end of the show as well. So, mm-hmm. yup. Oh, yes, quite. <laughs> A third act twist. Yes. Without giving, without giving too many spoilers away, Sneebs, tell us what you thought. Yes. <laughs> I found that um, I didn't quite get up to the point where the spoilers happened. So, again, I have two episodes left that I'm going to watch as soon as I'm finished this, and then I can truly give you an accurate impression. But from what I've seen so far, uh, the development has been... Exactly what would one what one would expect. Mm. Okay. So then, last two episodes, I'll tell you for sure. All right, and I think with that, it's time to move on to our main four. Mm-hmm. Uh, our main four characters. Uh, we're going to start off with Rita. Rita makes her appearance in the third episode. She is a necromancer uh, in this village, but. Due to uh, certain circumstances and events that occur throughout that third episode, she ends up as a very intelligent zombie uh, by the end of it. So in your head, in your head, zombie, <laughs> zombie. God damn it! Sorry, I couldn't help it. I'm having flashbacks to the Pantheon's talking outtakes. Oh lord. Anyway, uh, predictions Stop. for Rita. This is where I can actually start predicting things. I had Stop. three predictions for Rita. I had two. Mm. One for me, but there can only be one. There can yeah. be only Yo, one. What would that no, one be, Sneeves? <laughs> Sneeves, what would be the one choice that you have, sir? I would have definitely thought Monica Rael. It's a little girl character who is, uh, who also does that mature woman thing when you would least expect it. Yep. And I would have thought Monica would have been able to deliver both the, um, some of some of the, uh, if not cutesier and cheery, certainly more youthful flourishes. And then when the, uh, when the older zombie necromancer lady thing comes through it becomes much more apparent that she's got to be able to deliver that snark with that right bite. As you're speaking of panty and stocking, I was thinking of a performance in stocking where there was just those snide snarky bits that maybe not quite as manic as that still could deliver that I think Monica would be perfect for. Yeah, that makes sense. She was my backup choice, actually, Mm. because I saw, I was reading a a lot of Jets and Roots' prediction casts. Which they do all the time. You can always go see them at the uh, the fandom post. But yep. mm-hmm. and they they both cast her as as um, as Rita, and so I had her as a backup choice. But my original choice, this is where I had Jade Saxton. Funny mm-hmm. story. I also had Jade Saxton as my first pick here. 
Right, yeah, because she does that sort of little girl, very, um, low, what is it, low-key, very uh, um, deadpan. Mm-hmm. Sort of mm-hmm. voice that she's she's done for those types of uh, those types of characters. So that's where I put Jade Saxon this year. Yeah, and Jade was my first choice as well. I mean, going back to Nona and the whole thing about Nona being wise beyond her years. Rita is a similar character in that regard. Mm. Like she's been around for a couple of centuries now, um, ever since the incident in her home village happened. Young so, people these days. Exactly. So that's why I put Jade here. My other two choices, however, um, I had Alexis Tipton as one, and I also had Felicia Angel as the other. Um, I Alexis and Felicia, I essentially, especially, especially Alexis, um, I wanted to see something different um, from what I normally see. Because Alexis, she's kind of tends to stay in the same range of characters as well. Uh, Felicia tends to break out every once in a while now. Um, Gangsta being one that she got to be more of a woman rather than a girl. Um, but I wanted to see a, a more wise young, like a young looking character, but also wise and can be very deadpan. That was my main reason for that. Um, but we're all wrong. Of course. We're all wrong. So wrong, what else? Wrong, 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 wrong. Um,. Here's We're another wrong. here's We're another wrong. surprise casting. Um, the voice of Rita, uh, Miss Afia Yu, is the voice of Rita. Now, Afia, if you have not heard her, you've probably seen her in roles in Assassination Classroom, uh, Certain Scientific Railgun S. She is Yukari from Divine Gate. Oh, that show. She's also in Guilty Crown. She is in Mikagata School Suite. She is also in Robotics Note. She is Yuzuki. It's Electro Infected Wixis. Oh lord, I don't. I don't even need. Uh, do I really have to bring up the joke, <laughs> the incest joke? Oh lord. Oh yes. Uh, so if you don't know anything about Selector Infected, um, Afia's character Yuzuki is in love with her brother. Her twin Who is brother. Voice? Who, Who is, voice- is voiced by? Her fiance, Micah Solazon. <laughs> so oh, I'm grinning like an idiot right now. I guess I'm not as lo- I guess I'm truly am the chaotic troll king because that is way too funny for words. <laughs> I can't remember who's directing who directed. It. I want to say it's Bevins. I want to say it's Bevins. I haven't seen the dub for it yet, but um, yeah, funny story. Um, and she's also rolls in Shangri-La. Shobai Rock, and Ultimate Otaku Teacher as uh, Sachiko, a.k.a. the manga author. Um, but she's had a variety of smaller roles as well. How do we feel about Miss Afia Yu's performance as Rita? I, now, for one, thought it was fabulous. The character doesn't no. say... I mean, she isn't the most expressive, so wonderfully flat and deadpan with, again, that humor, that permeates this entire script, given at those key point moments of this almost very world-weary, rather tired of, oh, these stupid kids these days, within while keeping within the frame of a little girl. I was, she had the whole uh, emotionless goth ray type thing going on, but then that undercurrent uh, and that sort of occasional flourishes of warmth came through. Definitely well played. I am 
quite pleased. You've done well, madam. Good job. Yeah, I was about to say, now that we know who it is, I should have guessed it sooner because yeah. she actually has played a lot of roles like this. And the, what's interesting about Afia is she can play those roles as both little girls and little boys, mm-hmm. which I've seen this her is also do. true. Yeah, she did the same type of role in level E, and um, she did the same type of role as a boy. Uh, she did the same type of role in... Um, in Shangri La, mm-hmm. and uh, darker than black. And darker. Uh, did she? Was she in darker? Than black? Oh, darker than black. The second season. Uh, was nobody. Uh, nobody likes the second season. I know. Although it did have a. She's not. Season. She's not. She's. Hold on. She's not even in darker than black. Yeah, you're thinking of Allison Victor and Asuo, aren't you? Uh, no, I was thinking of Yoko Sawasaki. I think that was. Anyways, nobody cares about Doctor the Black Two. Um, but anyway. yeah, no. Now that we've heard it, yeah, she she kind of fits it like a glove. Yeah, she and, really does. And, and we should we should start thinking of her for future predictions in these types of roles. Yeah, because I mean, no, like a lot of times, just like Hardy said, up until at least probably in the last year, maybe two, you tend to see Afia voicing little boys, not a lot of female characters. Um, but especially with like Assassination Classroom and Divine Gate and oh lord, uh, Ultimate Otago Teacher and Show by Rock, she's me. She's definitely starting to voice more female characters, so I'm thrilled first of all because it's for women who are stuck normally as voicing as little boys. It's nice for them to get into an actual female role. I mean, Ryan Ryan Reynolds and Arslan. That kind of made me happy when she um, managed when to play When turned out to be a girl. Yep. Um, and she actually managed to pull that off rather well as of right now. But um, yeah. Fun it, fact. Fun what? fact. I need to mention this. What? But uh, not only does Afia play little boys most of the time, she plays the little boy version of her fiancé more often than not. This has happened like three or four times now. Oh, that's just Oh, charming. God, that's true. I'm trying yes, to remember a show Bla- that did that. She, it was uh, Blood Blockade. It's been like three different shows. Blood, Blood Blockade Balvin! Yes! Yes! That's right! Um, oh, what I was forgot. An- what was another one that she was... Uh, Red Data Girl is the same. Oh, right. And, I need to uh, watch that. I need to watch that. Oh, my God. I just saw... <laughs> She's baby Leon from Garo. She's baby Rico. That's she is baby away. Rico. She's oh, also she's ba- baby, baby Suwon. Su- oh, baby Suwon? Yeah, baby Suwon. Oh my Suwon. god, yes! <laughs> so that's, that's, that's hilarious. That's no, that's no less than three roles that she has voiced the younger voice for her own fiancé. So apparently Afia grows up to be Micah in yes. three occasions. And in another occasion, she has an incestual relationship with her fiance. But anyway, uh, <laughs> girl gets uh, around. I'm just saying. <laughs> she's also baby Ebby Sue. I forgot she was baby Ebby Sue from the She's Origami. baby Sue. Baby Sue. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I would definitely have to say we have to keep an eye on Afia now um, when it comes to making some predictions now, because that girl, she's good. She's good. She good. She good. Mm-hmm. Need to start thinking about her a bit more. Um, anyway, are we good to move on? 
Yeah, we are. Join three. All right. Uh, let's talk about Amira. Amira. Our, um, she's half angel, half demon, if I remember correctly. Indeed she is. Um, and she is the... Basically, she's the reason why the show is happening. Because she's, she's the still... She's the MacGuffin girl. She's still she stole the the gods half of the god key. Um are, and are you the key master? Oh good lord. <laughs> and um the she's trying walking. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you almost ended up as a Sneeb sandwich. <laughs> oh lord. Um I apologize and for nothing. <laughs> she's trying to get to um Helheim, I believe, is where she's trying to get to. Yes. Um, just to see her mother. Um, and more things happen over the course of the series. Predictions for Amira. I had two, actually. I was having a hard time coming up with one, so I just stole one of the other two guys. And uh, one of... I forget if it was Jed or if it was Roots who came up with it, but I just stole one of theirs. So. Hmm. And what did what what did you steal, Hardy? I uh, my heart. The, one of them, one of them put down Ashley Birch, and I'm like, yeah, I can get behind. Ooh, that. okay, I can get behind that too. Yeah. Um, the two that I picked, I had Felicia Angel and Leah Clark, actually. Really? Yeah. Uh, Felicia, like I was, I th I think I was making this list. And for Felicia, in terms of Felicia, um, I think I was making this list around the time when Seraph was going on. And her role of Shinoa kind of made me think, she might be a decent Amida. Um, and then as for Leah, as like the months were going on and I was like re-watching some stuff, particularly um, Eden of the East and Baka and Test, uh, her two roles there, I was like, she might be able to pull this off if she really wanted to. I can kind of see it. Um, Amida wasn't the toughest casting for me. Um, we'll get to that one in a minute. Um, Sneeds, what were you thinking for Amida? I had thought the lovely Carrie Savage would fill this role. She's done a number of those um, child uh, childlike and but not fully childish roles where she has both that girlish uh, tone to her to uh, to her voice, but isn't fully um, defined by it, isn't squeaky high. So she could both do the more sober female moments and then carry on into the more um, whimsical stuff that comes on. There's a very marked point in the series where someone's voice acting, uh, where, her ch where the character of Amira goes from being relatively serious to having a much more loose and playful side that really comes yep. out. Yep. And uh, she manages to master both excellently. So I would have thought Carrie Savage for sure. Okay. Uh, again, we're all so wrong. So very, very wrong. Um, the voice behind Amira is Tia Ballard. Now, mm. Tia Ballard, you've probably heard a lot recently. Uh, you probably know her in roles such as Aquarian Evil, uh, Ben Toe. Uh, she is in Black Butler Book of Circus. I'm not going to say where because there is going to be an episode covering that. But I will at least just say I am very interested in the role that she was cast in. 
Just saying. Mm-hmm. She's Ali Gora in Blood Blood Cave Battlefront. She is also in uh, the Railgun franchise. She is in uh, Defrag. Uh, she's also in Data Live. Devil's a part timer as Chiho. Uh, she is in the Evangelion films. She is happy, most notably, from Fairy Tale. She is also, most notably, Nanami Momozuno from Kamisama Kiss. Uh, she's also in Guilty Crown, uh, Little Busters, Log Horizon, uh, Lord Marksman and Vanities. She's also in Noreen. She's also in Pandora and the Crimson Shell Ghost Urn. She is in Prison School uh, as uh, Mari. Mari. I she, can't remember. She is in Rosario Plus Vampire Seki Ray. Uh, she's also in Selector Infected. Uh, Wixus as Hitoe. Uh, Hitoe, actually. Uh, she mm-hmm. is she's Megumi in Shiki. Good lord. Uh, she's also in Sky Wizard. She's in Tenchi Muya War on Geminar. Ultimate Otaku Teacher is Araki, which is probably one of the most odd roles that I've ever seen her in. And she's also in World Break Aria of a Curse for the for a Holy Swordsman. Oh. And she voiced Tifa Lockhart in Death Battle, which I'm still salty over. Of course. Oh, and I do have to mention this as well. Did uh, your waifu not win, Hardy? Don't start this. <laughs> you don't want to open this can of worms. Um, and one other role that I have to mention, um, because this is going to ha- segue into my thoughts on her performance, uh, she's Garm in Garo the Animation. She's, ah. she's one of the watchdogs. Yeah. Now, the reason, uh, I, the reason I bring up this role in particular is because having seen Garo and what she did there... It, I can actually, it actually does work here as well. Because um, Tia not only does play the, the playful, innocent parts of Amida rather well, but the more darker and demonic parts of Amida are just otherworldly enough to make it mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And the same thing she, and the same thing with like going to Garo and Garm, because um, that character. She played that one rather otherworldly as well. So after seeing Gara, I was like, and this was around, the, and this was um after I saw the cast list for Bahamut, obviously. After seeing her performance in Gara, and then looking at the cast list again, I'm like, okay, I can kind of see this working now. Um, and for the first few episodes, I actually kind of like it. It takes a minute, but it, I do like it. Mm-hmm. I I wholly agree there. I find that the role is very well handled there. And it, I wasn't certain for a second thinking, oh boy, please don't be phoning this in. And then I realized, ah, no, she was just playing up that confusion and naivete for a specific tone, for a specific moment. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine, honestly. You know, I... I like her a lot when she got drunk, to be honest. <laughs> oh, she's adorable. <laughs> drunk that was Tia so was cute. great. That was so yeah. cute. Drunk Tia was cute. We had I... to have a drunk off between which is better, drunk Amira or drunk Shiraguki. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> we're, we're just going to pull right <laughs> Got to pull Tia and Brina Palencia into this one. Let's go. Let's go. Um, anyway. Um... Yeah, for what it is, I think it. I definitely think it works. It was when looking at the uh, press release initially, um, it wasn't what I was expecting. Obviously, 
Mm. Um, well, none of this cast was what we were expecting. I know, right? Yeah. Because good lord. for you. Yeah, because good lord, when we get to Kaiser, holy mother of god. But, um, yeah, it wasn't what I was expecting, but for what it is, and, like, with Garo kind of leading me into it a little bit more, it definitely, it, it works. I, I like it. I mean, again, because Tia, if you heard me ramble this before, Tia was one where initially I wasn't a fan of hers. But that was mostly because of her role of Shiki and Megumi and being a and an obnoxious little twat. Um, but from, like, Kami Sama Kiss and going forward, she's definitely grown on me. And this is... Mm. I'm kind of liking this um, Amida a lot more. Because I, I used to feel that Tia is only really good in comedies and not dramas. But this kind of is changing my opinion of that a bit more. Mm. This and Garo. So, um, so Stephanie and Sneebs, I have to ask... Does this casting make you happy? Oh, shut the fuck up! <laughs> I knew that was coming! I knew that was coming! Shut up! I've Get out! I'm missing something, and I'm most grateful for my... You, you don't watch fairy tale. Uh, you don't watch fairy tale. Oh, 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 the talking cat thing. Yes! yes I am, the the I damn am so cat happy, named Happy. Yes, yes, I am yeah. a blue cat who flies and who loves to eat fish. I am totally that cat. Anyway. They are, Harvey son, they are. <laughs> are we good to move on? We are. Alright, speaking of Kaiser, let's talk about Kaiser. Um, Kaiser is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. First of all, what the fuck? No, no we'll get that in a second. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's much more favorable. You have to. I'm dying. I was just thinking about it. Oh god, considering who voices this person. Okay, Kaiser. He's he's um he's this bounty hunter whose family used to be well um respected as knights, but after an incident um, involving uh, Favreau's family, I guess. Um, Favreau's his... a traitor. Yeah. Uh, Kaiser's father is executed for crimes and um, he and his, Kaiser and his mother are kind of cast out of the noble world. Um, and Kaiser basically has this huge vendetta against Favreau because of all of this. Um, so predictions for Kaiser... I... Who did I have? I only had one for Kaiser. I had two, and one of them I share with Sneebs. I know that. Mm. I think we all might have the same one, possibly. Probably. Okay. Did we Did we all have Ian Sinclair as Kaiser? Indeed we did. Yes. It's, it's because of the hair, isn't it? Because <laughs> of totally the dandy-like hair. hair. The dandy I think hair. maybe that just might be the Ian Sinclairness. Ian Sinclair tends to get cast in characters with that kind of character design. Yeah. <laughs> now that I think about it, what happens? What'll happen if he gets cast as Josuke for JoJo Part Four? Oh, good lord! He'll be too beautiful for us, and uh, we will we will need Crazy Diamond to fix our broken hearts. Right. Oh lord. Anyway. I, personally, I picked Ian as Kaiser because um, a mix of the original Seiyu um, and how he portrayed the character, but also because like um, I felt that Ian could pull off this 
rather um, knight kind of knightly, not princely, because Kaiser's not a prince, but kind of this um, rather humble knight character. Um, that's at least what I thought. Um, Hardy, you said you had a second choice, right? Yes, and this was my main choice. Eden was only my backup, and yeah, it was because of the hair. Um, I actually, for my first choice, I had Patrick Seitz. Mm. Ooh. Yes, because he has played a lot of those deep-voiced, knightly type of roles. And I could see him certainly holding a, uh, a vendetta, uh, or voicing a character who holds a vendetta against a rogue such as Favaro. Mm. Like, okay. And you're like... Yes, I see. Yeah, and the best thing about um, both of those roles is that they are the character of Kaiser is a little more pompous. He's ultimately noble, ultimately good, but just a little full of himself too. A, li a little melodramatic and blustery, and yeah. uh, you know, he to pull from JoJo, he would be the guy who would strike the dr dramatic pose with his sword before delivering a fatal speech to his fell opponent and so forth so either one of those gents would have worked absolutely um but of course we are so fucking wrong um well time to unleash the rage um possibly quite possibly or or in this case the rag the, yes, the Rag, the yes, Chris, the, 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 the Chris Rager, the Chris Rager. I believe it is time to unleash the Chris Rager because it is Chris Rager who is voicing Kaiser. And Hardy um, is definitely the barbarian at this point. I can hear the plus two bonus to his strength even now. As he <laughs> um, if you're unfamiliar with Chris Rager, because I actually think we've never really brought him up before. Um, in terms of an actually cast role. Uh, if you've never heard of Chris Rager, you might know him most notably as Hercule slash Mr. Satan from DBZ. Um, but in recent work as well, you've heard him as Principal Papa Asano from Assassination Classroom. A.K.A. Johan Liebert in high school. Basically, yes. Um, but you've also heard him in a variety of other roles such as Baki the Grappler, uh, some background roles in Kashir Sins and Dagashikashi, uh, as well as, let's see, he is in Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, he is Ibachi from Ghost in the Shell Arise, he is background roles in Heaven's Lost Property Forte, in Heroic Legend of Arslan, Jormungand, Lupin III, um, he is Garfa, Garfa from Maria the Virgin Witch, for another recent role. He <laughs> Most notably, he's Arlong from One Piece. Mm -hmm. uh, he's also uh, in a variety of roles such as Real Story of Devil. He is in Shakugan of Shauna 3, uh, Tokyo ESP, and Toriko as Grinpatch. Uh, okay, okay. Before we go any further. Yes. His character that he played in Makagura School Suite. I'm going to show you guys a picture. Oh, I remember this story because you were kind of a bit, uh, uh... Yes. You had an opinion on this one. I had a very, very strong opinion of this one. And For those who don't a... know the character, the character is Kiyomo Kuzuri. Kuzuri. Alright. I'm going to post character. a link in the chat. I want you to hit that link and 
that character right there what? is voiced by Chris Rager. What? I kid you not. Oh, Opening up the link so that I may regard this with shock and awe at the adorable black butlerish pretty Shota. Exactly. <laughs> um, this is why I am so apprehensive about Sonny Strait's directing and why he always casts Chris Rager in something in all of his dubs. Yep. Because Chris Rager... I, now, before before anyone gets upset, I think he's a fantastic actor. Absolutely. I, I mean, love him as Asano. Love him as Asano in Assassination Classroom. Hell yes. Asano took a while to grow on me because when I first heard him, I'm like, that voice does not fit the character. And then I saw how devious Asano could get. I'm like, okay, you have my attention. Um, but I mean, I think he is good when he is well cast. And that's the issue that I have, is that Sonny does not always cast him well. He puts him in roles to where he does not belong, such as this Kiyoma character. When you hear that voice coming out of that face, it doesn't work. And that is why I was initially so apprehensive when I saw him cast as Kaiser. As was I. When I saw the cast list and I saw that Chris Rager was set to play Kaiser, I was very apprehensive as well. Um, because while Sonny can be very out of the box, as we can see here with his casting, you're right, he somewhere, somewhere he throws Chris Rager then nine times out of ten. Um, I mean, Garfa from Maria the Virgin Witch, if that's any indication. Um, but, yeah, I was also rather apprehensive when I first saw the cast list, but, but... That having been said... That having been said... Fuggeroo! <laughs> I had no other way to say it! <laughs> do, we, do we have a new alarm to replace the Daryu alarm? <laughs> It's a, cl it's a close second. It's a close second. <laughs> so we need Megan to come in here and have us take off our take out our headphones and go, Gavaroo! <laughs> I I personally enjoyed that very much. I again I wasn't sure about the uh, I thought he was a little too baritone for the character when I was expecting something a little bit more um, again that another uh, rambunctious Bishonen the the, a, a, a more mature voice than, uh, but still with an edge of youthfulness. I thought he was too base, but still managed to um, deliver that knightly pomposity really, really well and sold the character for me. And yes, he did indeed uh, deliver the bat shits. It, it was, was <laughs> yeah. my, vo it my was vocal cords. I'm, a, I'm with Sneebs, you know, I think the voice is too deep for the character, but he definitely, he is a giant baked ham covered in cheese. Yes! And it's, it's, mm. it works! It works! I'm, because I was originally listening to, um, some of the clips of, um, the dub, and originally just hearing bits and pieces of Chris Rager as Kaiser, it didn't help me at all, originally. It didn't help my skepticism. But actually going into the dub itself and watching it unfold, 
I got a kick out of it. I really did. And I, I fell in love with it. I did. I'm like, oh, okay. I like you. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> no, he really yeah. Yeah, I think he did a really good job as far as the attitude is concerned. I do still think the voice is a bit too deep for Kaiser. Yeah. But that's really the only complaint is that, yeah, he, he the attitude, he, he pretty much nailed. And um, I still, a funny story about Chris Rager is when this cast list was first announced. Uh, you know, if you any of you follow me on Twitter, you know that I, I'm very outspoken about my opinions of, of voice actors and dubs and all that. Hardy being opinionated about anything at all. My stars, what a surprise. I know. <laughs> I mean, between all the Tifa, Lockhart, and goat pictures, what else do you expect? Oh my god. Alcoholism. Yes. <laughs> oh, that, I, you but I know you've been sober for a month, in which case I'm very proud of you, Hardy. Yes, thank you very much. All I can say is thank God for non-alcoholic beers. <laughs> but anyway. Anyways, Canadian, no, I, I have to... The uh, story I is, I, I, on my Twitter, I put, um, you know, when this was first announced, uh, I, I wrote that I love Sonny Strait as an actor, but his directing is very hit or miss for me. And then as a subtweet, I put, especially considering he puts Chris Rager in a lot of roles he really doesn't belong in. And then Chris Rager apparently was searching his Twitter. This was a few weeks after I posted it, by the way. Oh, no. He was, he was Twitter Googling himself. And <laughs> he responded to me. He's like, well, you know, he wasn't upset or anything. He was like, well, you know, I was pretty good in rage. I'm like, I responded. I'm like, you know, I have no, I have no doubt that you were. I think you're a good actor, but I don't think you should be playing Blonde by Shonen Boys. And he's like, well, I was pretty good in that, too. I like milk. <laughs> and so from there i wasn't gonna try to argue with him i just said you know i heard i hear it does a body good and left it at that so uh, he sounds so yeah. like a he's he's a he sounds like a hilarious human being because he was on he did go on double talk one time and it was rather amusing yeah. um no, he's watching a good the sport he's a good sport you know i don't always agree with all the I don't always agree with all of his performances. I don't. Mm -hmm. I, it's not his fault. I think it's just bad casting in a lot of cases. But yeah. uh, he is a very good sport, and I do think he's a really good actor. So. Yeah. And, you know, in, and in this case with Kaiser, I definitely think between the three of us, it's a hit for us. It's a, it's a hit. I still think the voice is too low, but I mean, it's yeah. just nitpicking. So. Yeah, the voice is still rather low, lower than I expected. But <laughs> the attitude and the humor is there. Yeah. That's what I care about the most, and it works. Sure. So it anyways, works. Is it time to segue on to Favaro? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's talk about Favaro. Oh, yes, Lord. Our adventure nears completion. Yes. Steal yourselves, my companions, as we gird for the final revelation. Dun dun dun. Yes. Um, Is it time for our limits to break? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Alright, Cloud, get out of here. Um, Favaro, he is basically a snarky freaking Jagoff. He's with an afro. Basically. A red afro. Red afro. Who has a demon tail because Amira 
thinks that he thinks that, uh, hey, you're gonna take me to Helheim, right? Yeah, you're gonna take me to Helheim, right? <laughs> He's like, shit. Um, but anyway, predictions for Favreau. Favreau was the hardest one that I, I want, picked. I want to go dead last because for reasons, so I want to go last. Okay, um, Sneeps, do you want to go yes. first? Do you want to go first? Who do you have for Favreau? Oh, I am always ready, my dear. I would have put Todd <laughs> Habercorn in such a role as one who could be both playful and also not so um, noble or admirable. He, he would do, I think Todd Habercorn could do the dirty rogue particularly well and have fun making him play up that um, rakishness that has that hidden undercurrent of I actually am moral but I'm just too much of a teenager to really admit that I care about my friends. Right. Um, I can kind of see that. I mean here's the thing with mine because it took a while for me to pick someone. Favaro Seiyu has a really, really unique voice. So He really does. That's mm -hmm. why it was so hard. It was so hard. So the person I ended up predicting I ended up predicting Clifford Chapin. Um, this was because, for a few different reasons. One, I felt like he could play Favreau's snark and jag off ways, but also as someone who can play off of um, my pick for Kaiser, Ian Sinclair. I also took that into consideration. I felt like the two of them could play off of each other rather well. And all things considered, all things considered, because um, the Seiyu who voices Favreau is the exact same Seiyu who voices Grimgar's Ranta. Okay. Mm. Alright. Now, uh, the person who voices Ranta in Grimgar, initially, it's, o it's Orion Pitts. Um, but due to personal and probably, I believe, medical reasons for the last three episodes of the dub, um, he was unable to record. So Clifford Chapin stepped in to take on the role. Um, so it kind of, it, it kind of lines up that way. And even thinking about it now, um, if he was available to do the role, Orion Pitts probably would have been a fun pick as Favreau too, to be completely honest. Um, but anyway, I most, I mainly went with Clifford after a lot, a lot of deliberating. Uh, okay. it was really, really hard. Right. <laughs> Stephanie, Stephanie, you know I'm happy for you, but there's one thing I gotta do. Uh, hold on, hold on. Let me put my fedora on. Sneeves, I'm gonna need a hey after I say this. All right? You ready? Well, no. Oh, I've been born. No. Okay. <laughs> no, don't do this to me again. Let me put my 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 fedora on. Well, actually. Oh no. Hey yes, it's Clifford Chapin. Oh god damn it! You've been saying his name wrong this entire time. Fuck all y'all! I'm going to bed. <laughs> Yes. No, he, 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 he actually it's Clifford Chapin, mm -hmm. Afia Yu, Felicia right. Angel. Angel, yeah. Yeah. And they, they announced how to pronounce her names on the My Hero Academia premiere um several weeks ago. Chapin, so. Chapin, 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 just think of Mary Chapin Carpenter from country music <laughs> several years back. I would not know that name. That does okay. not help me. Um, right, yes. 
Clifford anyway. Chapin is his name. Anyway, Chapin. let me take my fedora off. SJW moment is over. Chapin, Chapin, um, Chapin. Hardy, who's your pick? Okay. This is where the... Um, this is kind of where the everyone is going to just gasp in, in awe. Okay. Um, okay. No, seriously, you better sit down for this. Okay. I am uh, sitting down. What do you have? Don't terrify me, sir. I had three... Okay. Three choices. And my main choice, I'm going to get to in a minute. Uh, I also picked Todd Habercorn for, mm. like Steve's did, as a backup. And then I also chose Eric Vale because I think he could play these sort of snarky douchebag characters oh. as well. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. But let me explain <laughs> one thing. Okay. Back when this show first was airing is when I originally had my initial predictions. And when was when did this show? Let me see. This was like it was like late uh, 2014. Wasn't I think it, it was. Yeah. I think it was a fall series. It was I October was 2014. Yep. Uh, which was several months before, uh, you know the spring april april spring uh 2015 thing happened and so not knowing what would happen a few months later my main prediction for favaro leone was scott freeman Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Behold yeah. the last of the plot twists. Hardy <laughs> has revealed the dark side of Steve's and your once famous adventuring ally turns <laughs> to the dark side. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. Here's here's the thing. (laughs) If I was making this list around the time when I was watching Bahamut, right, I could I can see Scott Freeman pulling off a character like this. I can see that. Yeah, because he was coming right off of playing Issei in High School DxD. Issei, and I mean also his character from Baka and Test is kind of similar in that regard too. Right. So I can see I can see where you're going with it, but. Obviously, that's not gonna happen. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I would be surprised if we ever see Scott Freeman voice doing voice work again. He won't. Never. It'll never nope. happen. No nope. studio would hire him. No. Yeah. Even after he gets out of jail, eventually, you know, no studio is gonna. Just like we won't ever hear E.H. Guardiola voice act again. Exactly. Really, so, yeah. Yeah. But, um, as it turns out, that possession of such. Uh, naughty photos of children has its consequences beyond just mm-hmm. ruining your career. It also yeah, yeah, lesson, yeah, lesson of the day. Having child porn ruins lives. Don't yes. do it. Don't, don't look at children, folks. Don't do it. Don't. Um, yeah. so... <laughs> I want to say a terrible <laughs> joke, but I'll restrain myself. So Please, no. The, don't do that. The bottom... <laughs> Don't restrain myself. Don't. Okay, then if you never, mind. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Hardy, so please. Now, now that the bottom has fallen out of this chat. <laughs> and you stare into the gate gnawing abyss that I now find myself embroiled in. You were once my alley space man, Hardy. Saucer, this, there, Steph. But of course, 
No more. I am now the Dark King Troll. And God you must it. beat me as the final boss before we can reach completion of this podcast. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> uh, I'm ready for you, Sneeves, because my limit break has reached level four. Uh, no, it's impossible. But how? <laughs> These D and D and Final Fantasy references are just going way over my head. <laughs> but whatever. You've seen the show. You, it's it's a classic third act twist that the yeah, the basically yes. or the trusted old ally is secretly in on it all along. You've already been foretold who the big bad really is and it's a big shocking twist because we've seen it in JRPGs since time memorial. I don't even play bloody JRPGs and I know this crap. Anyway. It was tentacles all along. Oh god damn it no. <laughs> yes I use my final my uh, my level 4 uh, limit break tentacle slash. Can I please no. <laughs> can I please talk about who voices Favara? Can this I isn't please? even my final form. We broke Megan. We broke Stephanie. This is why we need to bring Sneeves back more often. Oh, <laughs> this is the exact reason. So, Ian Sinclair. Ian Sinclair is the voice of Favreau. Holy mother of God, I need to breathe. Um, <laughs> and I found out Ian has a- adds yet another hairstyle to the characters that he has voiced. He went from the pompadour with Dandy to the mullet with Toriko, and now He's he has an afro. Ball. But then, I, wait a second, he already had an afro because he was Brooke. Never mind. Never mind. Um, but anyway, if you have not heard of Ian Sinclair before, first of all, you either haven't seen this podcast or you don't watch anime because I would definitely yeah. say Ian Sinclair is one of the few male voice actors who has really been gaining some ground these past few years. If, um, if you haven't heard of Ian Sinclair, you've just broken Gigi's poor little heart. Yes, you broke Gigi's poor little heart. Um, in terms of roles that you might have seen him do, um, he is it, for a recent role, he is the Reaper from the second season of Assassination Classroom. Um, but he's also Dallas Genoward from Bacano. He is in Bamboo Blade and Bento. He's Baldroy from the Black Butler franchise. He is Zap Renfro from Blood Bowl K Battlefront. He is in The Boy and the Beast. He is in Brothers Conflict. He is in Defrag, Dimension W, uh, Divine Gate, DBZ, Battle of Gods, and Resurrection F. He is in Free Eternal Summer as Sosuke. He is in The Future Diary. He is Warwick in Gangsta. Uh, Rajendra in Heroic Legend of Arzland. He is Romano from Hatalia. He is in Jormungand. He is Otohiko, one of my favorite roles. Otohiko from Kami-sama Kiss. <laughs> um, as mentioned, he Fabulous. is... Yes, as mentioned before, he is Brooke from One Piece. Um, he is also in Lord Marksman and Vanities, Nobunagan. He is Daikoku from Noragami. Uh, he is in Pandora and the Crimson Shell Ghost Urn. He is in Prince of Stride Alternative. He is in Princess Jellyfish. He is in Robotic Snow, Rosario Plus Vampire, Sekirei. Uh, let's see, Seraph of the End as um, Kimizuki. He is in Shakugan Oshana. He is Mitsuhide from Snow White with the Red Hair. He is, of course, Dandy from Space Dandy. Uh, he is in Spice and Wolf 2. He is in Tokyo Ravens, and he's also Toriko from Toriko, as well as Gija from Yon of the Dawn. Did you say he's Mitsuhide? Mitsuhide. Why isn't he real? God damn it. 
<sighs> Love you, Megan. No, that's you're thinking of Makoto from Free, and then that's the case. That's Johnny on Bosch. Yeah. Wrong. No, she, she, no, she, she uh, fangirled over Mitsuhide as well. Right, I forget. Yeah. I forget. Um, but how do we feel about Ian Sinclair's Favaro? Oh. It's dandy with an afro, basically. Yeah, it, it really is. Mm-hmm. It, and it I... works. I wasn't sure at first. I thought, oh, it's space dandy. He's typecast. But then it seemed that that per fit perfectly for the roguish, I don't give a fuck of the character. Yeah. I think for me, it wasn't what I was expecting because I was kind of stuck on the unique voice that the Seiyu had. And I was trying to figure mm. that out. Um, but, you speaking of Space Dandy, really, because um, Jet mentioned a commentary that Sonny did for this, for Bahamut, and he said he had, and according to what the com according to what Sonny says in the commentary, he had no idea who to cast as Favreau, until Zach Bolton approached him, um, and mentioned Ian's work as Dandy in Space Dandy. Because originally, uh, Sonny was thinking of actually casting himself as Favaro, mm -hmm. doing the role himself, which, it, now that I think about it, that would have been interesting to hear. That would have been an interesting pick, too. Like, because Favaro, to an extent, can, is kind of a Lupin character, too. And Sonny yeah. is one of the many iterations of Lupin, um, one of the voice actors who voices Lupin. Um, so that would have been interesting, too. Yeah, there was a joke that was going around um, right when the show was first first came out. Is that Lupin, Dandy, and Favreau walk into a bar, and uh, makes sense. Makes sense. Yes. Yeah, it was. Uh, what was it? You know, uh, the bar burns down. Someone gets <laughs> someone gets pregnant. Nobody pays. God damn it. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, with these three particular <laughs> characters, that sounds about right. No uh, comments. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, anyway. I, it's, it's a different tone of voice than I was originally picturing, yes. But my thing, considering my thing the, is... Yeah, sorry, but considering the attitude and the personality of Favreau, it works. In my That's a, it's it's just the same thing that I have with Kaiser. I think the voice is a bit too deep, right? But the attitude is spot on. Yeah. And that's it's that ham, it's that cheese covered ham all over again. So. <laughs> look into my eyes. Is this the face? This is look like the face of a liar to you. <laughs> that, <laughs> you was smack. that was that was perfect. I loved it. Like Ian, Ian is good at playing doofy characters at times. You very rarely see him as the straight man in any situation. Um, the he's same done it before. He's done it before, but a lot of times he's the doofy, the doofy goofball. Um, and the same can be said here as for Favreau, to an extent, anyway. <laughs> but I, I, I like it. It works. Again, I'm, it took me a minute because I was stuck with um, the Seiyu's portrayal of the character for a while and trying to shift over to Ian because, again, lower registered voice coming into play here. It took a minute. Um, but, again, the attitude was perfect. Spot on and what I was expecting for the character. And I'm like, yes, I'm good. We're good. Let's go. <laughs> Steve, any final thoughts? 
I found what was great about his performance too was in with the original Seiyu, I saw again pulling out the D and D alignment thing. Favreau was just a wild card who was relatively amoral. He might be nice to someone once in a while, but it was a changing thing. It was just a little, a, a little flux that came up it, before he eventually solidified into being a semi-decent human being. Here, I found Sinclair made him a lot more teenaged in a way. I, I bring that up again, drawing between the Fafford and the Grey Mouser example there. Both of those characters are always shown to be in an arrested state of adolescence, and I really got that from this take on Favreau, where it's more a guy who's still kind of hung up over the stuff that happened when he was a teenager, and uh, never really moved on past that, emotionally speaking, and is just forever a happy-go-lucky man-child, just adventuring and doing stuff. Yeah. And I saw in that performance of the role there, uh, Ian really got the, uh, he's just, oh yeah, good guy, no, 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 I totally sold you upstream, it was just, the, this was the better deal. He's clearly talking through his arse there, and it, <laughs> oh, Ian, really, Ian really nailed that. Again, look into my eyes, this is the face of a liar to you. <laughs> I trust him. I trust Seems legit. Seems legit. Seems legit. Seems Once legit. you have 20 charisma, you can do all kinds of crazy shit. Oh my god. Um, I've played enough Skyrim to know that's for sure. <laughs> yes. Max um, ranks and bluff is all you need. No more. You're frightening me. <laughs> oh, good lord. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Those who played Oblivion back in the day will recognize that one. Oh lord. Anyway, I think, I'm pretty sure the consensus for Ian is Favreau is huzzah. <laughs> huzzah. Applause, sir. Applause, sir. Um, so, overall thoughts on the dub of Rage of Bahamut. How do we feel about this dub? Overall, at least for the first three to ten episodes in Steve's case. How do we feel? Uh, I was apprehensive when I first read the casting and who the director was going to be, and I came out pleasantly surprised. Again, I, I've only same. I've only watched the first three episodes, so I can't really speak about the product as a whole. But I think in general, it's a job well done. I oh, am yes. I am in the same I am in the same boat. I was also apprehensive on the cast list, um, as well as the director behind it. But again, having seen the first three episodes, I am also pleasantly surprised. Though to be fair, there are some performances where I think. Uh, or I'm hoping, anyway, are going to improve um, as the show continues mm -hmm. on. I do have a few here and there that are like, I hope that this kind of improves and grows a bit more. <laughs> but the same can be said for any show and any performance, to be completely honest. Right. But, yeah, I was pleasantly and, surprised. And, and that's the best kind of surprise when mm -hmm. you have a dub like this. Is yep. I was... On my Twitter, I was... Um, I. When they announced the initial cast release, the first four characters of My Hero Academia, there was a certain character I was kind of upset that uh, or a certain actor was cast as it. I'm not going to spoil it because we're going to have an episode of that coming up soon as well. Yep. But, um, and people were kind of chewing me out on it. I'm like, what, you know, quality should be better than variety. And I'm like, why can't we have both? Why can't we have a, a dub that takes risks? Mm -hmm. That um, that you know it, it puts actors in 
roles that you would not expect. And when it comes together and it works out great, not all not always does it work out. There are some flubs out there. Like I would consider Dance with Devils a training girls dub, and mm, in yeah. a lot of ways also Dagashikashi perhaps. Yep. But when it comes together, and it's a pleasant surprise, those are the best kinds of dubs, in my personal opinion. Because look at. Because looking back at this season that just passes, I would say that Grimgar of Fantasy and Ash was exactly like that. Absolutely. It took took a large cast of actors who didn't have much experience, other than a couple of them. A couple of them are still only have like a year's worth of experience. Everyone else was almost brand new. Mm -hmm. Or or they had a few actors there who've been with the company for years, like Orion Pitts, but who just haven't done much, or they've been mainly in background characters. You can kind of of say the same thing as Jared Green, because he's been around for a while, but mostly in background roles, and he's slowly working his way in there now, too. Exactly. And and when you took this cast of virtual unknowns, or, Mm -hmm. or untested talent, and you put it all together, and it works... And it's the best dub of the season. Yep, that's an accomplishment. Absolutely. And so, yeah, those are the best surprises. And, and people were chewing me out. You know, well, this character, you say he's the safe choice, but and he and he gets typecast all the time. And I'm like, you know, like the quality should always be better than variety. And I'm like, why can't we have both? Why can't we have variety and we have quality? Yep. And 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 when and th- dubs like this just prove my point that when we take a risk we take a chance mm-hmm. and it comes together despite all odds the end result is better than if we just homogenize it if we just take the safe route and and you know it's because it adds an element of pleasant surprise you know you, you were expecting it to suck but it was me Dio and, and you know, <laughs> I would probably have to say that Garo the Animation... Yeah, I would have to say, to that same vein, Garo the Animation is actually a pleasant surprise as well. Um, I mean, A, Caitlin Glass is the director for that one, and nobody probably saw that coming. Um, But then also some of the casting choices in there as well was also pleasant surprises. Still don't know how I got Rico Fajardo and Justin Briner right for that, but um, I digress. But as far as I know, because I've only seen two, three episodes of that dub, it's that one's also a pleasant surprise, and I really want to see more of it. So, again, it, it, you have to find that balance of variety as well as quality. I understand people, they're like, but this actor is so good, don't you care about this actor getting like all of these awesome roles and it'll make the show better? I'm like, to a point. Right. It depends like on what you're talking about. Exactly. We don't dislike the actor. We don't. We think, in fact, this particular actor that I'm talking about will probably do a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, what could have been if we hadn't played it safe? Could there have been, have been someone else that we didn't expect who could have done it even better in that role? Yep. And, you know, and that's, that's the risk we have to take. And, and that's why I enjoy seeing dubs like this that are risks, and when they turn out great, it's great. Yeah. And then that's, it also kind of depends on the director themselves. Because, I yeah. mean, like, the director can also take that safe choice and do something completely different with him. Exactly. We won't know what's going to happen, especially especially with the My Hero Academia case that's going to be coming up um, fairly soonish. 
Um, but which I will not be a part of, actually. It's I will not as well. Um, but yeah. yeah, I would say it depends on the situation, depends on what you're going with. But find I, I I'm in agreement with you, Hardy. Finding the balance between really good quality and variety instead of just playing it safe and just hoping and praying that your high quality will be what does really well for a show yeah you need to find that balance you really do right. mm -hmm. and in the case of bahamut here again it's a pleasant surprise and it's yeah. for sunny straight's recent directing work it's probably the strongest i've seen him do so I am impressed. I give it kudos hundred percent. Mm -hmm. As I said, the humor is spot on. That was one of the things that I quite liked about the show initially was how there were these. There was the whole serious world-saving plot, but they peppered it with moments of individual lightness and individual uh, cheekiness that made that work well, and they captured it so well. The adaptive mm -hmm. script is amazing. Yep. Good job, Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. Um, and if you are interested in seeing the dub for Rage of Bahamut Genesis, uh, you can do so in a variety of ways. Again, as mentioned in the beginning of the episode, as of recording, uh, the home video release is out, so you can pick it up on Blu-ray and DVD if you so wish to do. Uh, you can find them from your wonderful anime retailers such as Right Stuff or Amazon or wherever you mostly procure your anime. Um, you can, for streaming-wise, you can also catch the dub of Rachel Bahamut Genesis on Funimation's website. However, um, the first two episodes, they are free. But anything past episode two, that is behind the subscriber wall. And you have to be a Funimation Now subscriber in order to access those episodes. Um, which you can do if you'd like. They have a free trial for 14 days uh, where you can gain access to, the, to their subscription services. Um, just as always, um, if you do not wish to continue their subscription service, make sure you cancel it because the... If they're in the process of signing up, it's for credit card information, and if you don't cancel it, your money gets pulled out of your account. Fair warning. Um, but you can also see the show Rage of Bahama Genesis itself, at least for the Japanese online. Um, the Funimation, uh, Funimation.com does have the Japanese um, up there for its entirety for free. And I believe it is probably also hiding around on Hulu somewhere for those in the United States. Um, I believe that is it. In terms of upcoming episodes, we've actually recently and slowly, um, now that we know what's going on in terms of broadcast dubs for the spring season, which first of all is probably going to be very, very late. I don't know when this episode's going up. Um, because as of recording this episode, I'm still editing, I'm almost done editing Dimension W. <laughs> I will say this, we will never ever try to do ten episodes of Dub Talk in a season ever, ever again. Thank you, Lord. Hardy, that, that was, was the worst decision you could have made. <laughs> I apologize for a couple things. <laughs> in this case, yes. Ooh, is that humility I hear, Hardy? Could perhaps Just the you tiniest best the Troll King after all? Um. Mayhaps. Anyways, Mayhaps. anyways, um, in terms of episodes for broadcast dubs from the spring season, I can at least tell you a few that are going to be in the works. Shonen Made is one of them. That's what I'm doing. Yep, Hardy is, ho Hardy is playing host for that one. 
And uh, yeah, my I have to put on my frilly dress and my little cap and everything yep. for it. And he's also dragging myself, Sneebs, and Zenith into the mix for this one, so that'll be fun. Oh, um, Hardy, that blow! It is fatal to my trollishness! Oh. <laughs> um, of course, uh, we're also going to be talking about the two additions to the Double Talk lineup. My Hero Academia, of course, is one of them. Noah is actually going to be doing his first official Double Talk hosting uh, for that one, and he's bringing Megan, Andrew, and um, Jared, a.k.a. Amandul, into that one. Um, as for the other show, uh, Netogi, uh, which is the other double talk show. Roots will also be making his hosting debut for the podcast, and he's dragging Jet, Jamal, and Andrew into the mix. Um, Enride. I don't fucking know. I know that. Ru- <laughs> I know that Roots is like, hey, if if uh, Megan and I do the episode, is that okay? I'm like. I guess. (laughs) Um, And as for Three Leaves, as far as I know of as of right now, that one's not happening. Um, Because I know Roots was debating on either hosting Netogi or Three Leaves. Um, But Netogi... Because it was whatever whatever got on Double Talk. Basically. That was the the main thing. Um, But essentially, um, Shonen Maid, My Hero Academia, and Netogi are the three main ones you're going to be seeing us talk about um, in the coming week. Outside of that, for other episodes, there's still this huge freaking backlog. Like, Hardy, Yumi, and Megan, at some point, we gotta talk Tokyo Ghoul Season 1. At some point. Okay. Um, and then, I know us ladies, being me, her, uh, Megan, Gigi, and I believe Shannon, uh, we wanted to do. We wanted to cover the new seasons of Black Butler. I know that. Um, I know only oh yesterday. My. I know only yesterday has been on the list for a while, as well as dub reviews for Diagon Rampa, Carnival, and Beyond the Boundary. There's a nice backlog here. There is a nice backlog. Um, but if I had to take a wild guess, um, by the time Bahamut comes up. We're probably going to be in the midst of uh, dealing with the Spring Dub Talk episodes. So you're probably going to see Shonen Maid, My Hero Academia, and Netogi come up really soon. Unless something else surprising comes up. Like, I don't know, um, Balakamon. Dun, dun, dun! Because we finally know that's coming out soon, and it's going to have a dub, and I'm so fucking happy. <laughs> Or, so happy! Or, or in this case, would you say, considering all the RPG elements, would you hear this music? Da, 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 da. Oh, absolutely! I will take it! Anyway, we've been going on long enough. Um, if you are interested in seeing or hearing anything from us three, Weird little goobers. Um, Sneebs, I guess out of curiosity, where would people find you if they're interested in seeing all of your shenanigans and your trollish ways? The all of my shenanigans? Why are you advertising me? I, I am but a humble man who does not advertise too, too much of his you, you can, life. You can find Sneebs at the, your local Canadian library and or pot shop. <laughs> now, now oh I'm a functional member of society. Uh, yes, you can find me at my local library. I am officially on Twitter at 
Uncle Azrael, Uniform November Charlie Lima Echo, Alpha Sierra Romeo India Echo Lima. However, I am very, very particular about whom I let follow me back because I have embarrassed myself one too many times in the past and now yep. separate myself quite carefully. Yep. As for you can Hardy, also find me on yes. tum uh, the same name .tumblr.com. There we go. Um, as for Hardy, of course, aside from hiding out here like nine times out of ten, you can also follow Hardy on Twitter at SpacemanHardy where you can see a bunch of rampaging goats, a lot of Aniplex rampages as well, and then his tweets about his hashtag 366 days of bleach, of yes. course. Um, and also, also check out my new pinned tweet that I paid a lot of money to have commissioned. Remember the no, I have to. Rem everybody, remember the picture that I mentioned in the. Uh, oh my god! The, when was it? Oh. It was the season recap episode of uh, Attack on Titan Junior High. Uh, Norigami Aragoto and. Uh, and Seraph of the so end. Seraph of the end. Yeah, yes. Where I, I mentioned now. my happy place. This picture actually exists now. Yeah, I found a really awesome artist named Sucho. She works at Newgrounds. Uh, she's very, I think she's connected to Happy Harry Partridge of, of, uh, of Happy Harry Animation. And, um, and she, she was made this really, really awesome picture. So check it out on my Twitter. It's my pinned tweet. It is pretty much my entire Twitter account in a nutshell. It really is. Uh, it really is. And it's, it's amazing. But yeah, just uh, follow me on Twitter for my rantings. And also, you can also find me at the Funimation forums where I am a forum moderator, uh, long suffering, having to put up with a lot of, a lot of rascals and, uh, and the various miscreants. I, I, I don't understand why Funimation is not making any more case clothes. I don't understand. Oh, yes, or why they're not making a season three of Rosario Vampire. Yes. Yeah. Mm. The reason is because, you know, Funimation hates you and you're not worth it. That's why. Oh. Okay, then. I'm definitely, if you don't make another third season of that in Spice and Wolf right now, I'm going to boycott you Funimation. That's right. <laughs> anyway. And Funimation's like, do it. We make <laughs> enough wait, money off of TV anyway. These are all things, dear listener. Which oh, no. drive Hardy bonkers mad. Oh, no, <laughs> know. I hope to cultivate his barbarian rage once more and use it oh, to slay Lord. the final boss that is the end just, of this podcast. You're, I see what you're doing. You're just wanting to build my limit gauge even farther, aren't you? Indeed, Hardy, for I yes. have, was in fact double-crossing you not, but it was only to create the illusion to double-cross the true adversary of this adventure. And so now that I have mentored you, go forth, bold hero, and smite the wickedness of the world. Yes. Just be glad you didn't ask about Dragon Ball Super, which is still not licensed, by the way. Oh, Lord. This, again, this is why we need to have Sneeves back more often. Um, anyways, um, if you're interested in any of the things that I do outside of wrangling up these little goobers, um, <laughs> of course... Um, if you're interested in seeing more episodes of Dub Talk or any of my anime reviews, top tens, and stuff like that, because I'm actually starting to work on reviews again. Holy mother of God. I wrote, I finally wrote a script today for one. I'm so excited. Um, you lie. No, I do not. I'm excited. Clutch the pearls. Woohoo! But, um, anyway. <laughs> uh, you can obviously subscribe to this channel here. Uh, to catch any of those videos, you can also check out uh, lilacanimereviews.blogspot.com, even though I have not updated the damn site 
uh, since the Divine Gate Dub Talk episode. Oh lord, I should update that at some point. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at LilacAnimeReview with review spelled, of course, as R-E-V-U-E. Excuse me. And um, if you enjoy these shenanigans that I, as well as many others, get into for Dub Talk, um, I do Tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends. Tell your... <laughs> Tell your wives, your husbands. <laughs> tell, your, tell everybody. Tell your kids. Everybody. Tell, tell everybody. Um, but um, uh, I do have a Patreon page. Uh, and if you are kind enough and consider donating, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, again, I've been trying to mention this a lot recently. One of the milestone goals for the Patreon that I have is um, being able to put audio versions of the podcast onto SoundCloud. Um, mm. Or iTunes, if I ever figure that out. That system looks more complicated than SoundCloud. But um, anyway, if you are interested um, and consider donating, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, but otherwise than that, how in the hell are we ending the episode, guys? We are ending it with victory as we have conquered the fell beast that is the podcast and have saved the world from the rage of Bahamut. And now, heroically, we go forth to... That's exactly Steve? what Steve's would do. I Be think Steve's gone. Oh, no. And level up. That's well, what on that do. note, <laughs> Sneebs has uh, kind of disappeared on us now. Um, yeah, oh, I can't be heard. I can't be heard at yeah, all. He went on his own grand adventure alone. Uh, I can't be heard. Yes, indeed. Um, but anyway, from all of us here at Dub Talk, of course, we will see you next time. And otaku on, my friends. Take Keep care. It there.